Hello and we wel- are back. MSU is so back. We're back. I'm sorry. Were you saying something, Will? I'm sorry. It's like nine thirty at night. Hmm. Your wife is probably getting ready for bed, and you're just sitting in front of your computer screaming. Yeah, yeah. You you paint an accurate picture. Yep. I'm going to have to do some editing work on that so it doesn't sound terrible because I'm sure you're peaking and just distorting your voice terribly. Don't blame me. Blame Tillman's defensive effort. Blame Rocket Watts. Blame Cassius Winston's second half. Blame anyone. Don't blame me. It's not my fault that MSU turned me into this. It's not my fault MSU basketball is back, Will. It's not my fault they clawed back and won after they were down at halftime for the first time this season. It's not my fault, Will. You're going to have to talk to the MSU Spartans for that. So back, baby. Let's go. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Spartans. It is Wednesday, February 26th, Wednesday. Yes, sir. Wednesday. Let's go. I am your host, Will Hunter. I am joined by my out-of-control co-host, Matt Sheehan. How could I be in control right now? How? How could I? In this climate, with this happening, with... Watts scoring 21, Winston scoring 19 in the second half alone, with Henry putting up 17. You want to be staying in control right now, Will? That's Will. Will, that's not what you're going to get this episode. I'm sorry. Maybe the second segment I might simmer down by then. But right now, no, Will, I'm sorry. You're going to have to do some editing on this one. It's going to be a loud first segment from your boy. Did you just call me boy? No, your boy. Like, okay. Loud first, like I'm the boy in this stance. If I did call you boy, I'm sorry, but I don't take it back. That's just what I mean. It sounded like you said it's going to be a loud first segment for me, boy. Deal with it, oh, boy. Maybe I, did, maybe I did then. I stand by it. I don't even care. Let's, let's do this thing, Will. God, this is great. Man, I was... Oh, Will. Will, with like 15, 12 minutes left in the game, I thought, man, this is not going to be a, this is not going to be a fun podcast episode. We are going to have to talk about some things and what they mean as we head head deep into March. But Will, honest to God, you can make an argument that was the best win of the season. I still think I still think it is the Seton Hall game, but you can make a strong argument that that was the best win, considering timing, who stepped up, who they're playing against, and what's happened the last ten games too. You can make a strong argument that's the best win of the season so far. Is is that out of line, or am I being too in the moment right now? Um, I mean, it's I not still put it second behind Seton Hall. It's not totally out of line. Okay, all right. you are. I mean, you are prone to being a prisoner of the moment, as we all know. Um, I prisoner just say, of the moment, and I do life with no parole every time. Yes. Yeah, I just want to say I think you're being too negative right now. I understand that. No, that that makes sense. It it is the best win MSU basketball has had in the last ten years. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I, I can't even think of any close second there. Better? Perfect. Um, well, oh, on today's Duke's, show... Oh, Duke's losing in overtime right now. Oh, that'd be a shame to see it shake out. I'm sorry. I'm all over the place right now, as, as you were. As you were, boy. Come on. Who's in overtime right now? Oh, Duke against Duke. Wake. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, and they're losing by three. Shame. Um, what are we going to... Oh, on today's show, just because you went completely off the handle um i'm very sorry trying to recalibrate the show get it back on the rails uh we're gonna talk about that game 
Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, Come gonna, to the right place. All right. Yeah. We're going to talk about uh, what happened in the first half and then how things changed in the second half. Yeah. Talk about uh, how Xavier Tillman's the best defensive player in the conference. Sure. How I can do that. Cassius Winston's the best player in the conference. I could do that as well. We've got some things to talk about there, and then we'll just see where that carries us. Um, okay. Like not, a, not a ton of football news, although there is one little tidbit, a little house cleaning uh, thing that we can get to at some point, but I think we'll probably do mostly basketball today, Matt, if that's okay with you. I'll, I'll allow it this time. Okay. Um, I want us. oh, before we get going, rate, review, subscribe. You can find Locked On Spartans wherever you get your podcast. We do this every single day. Half an hour shows dedicated to Michigan State football and basketball on the Locked On Podcast Network. Okay, Matt. All right, Will. Let's just do this thing. The first thing, the first, it's like a must-ask. The, the thing I've got to know, the most important question to come out of that game that I need an answer from you Okay. is, did you get Michigan State minus eight or eight and a half? I'm really going to be a downer here. I did not get either of those. I did not get either of those. But there are a few people in my mentions that say they locked in MSU minus seven and a half. Seven and a half is what it opened. Seven and a half. Those are the true winners of the night. Yes. it opened. Those are the winners. <laughs> it opened at seven and a half, closed at eight and a half, and Vegas knows. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And God, Cassius Winston stepping up to the free throw line. I could not imagine holding an MSU Minus eight and a half ticket with an 87% free throw shooter coming to the line. Clutches can be always hits big free throws. And then he clanks the last one to blow your cover. Oh, that's, well, that's a tough you know, one. I think he did that because the team knows they would have covered the spread. And you can't have them too fat and sassy as they had in the last three games of the regular season. You got to have some chip on your shoulder. Yes. So I think he clanked that one on purpose, being like, yeah, we're good. We're not great, though, guys. Get back in the locker room. Let's go. That's how I like to think about it, at least. Fair enough. Um, I want you to lead us here because you are mm-hmm. bringing the energy, Matt. I'm not the only one bringing it. It's, this energy was produced by none other than uh, Xavier, Mr. Four Minutes in the First Half, but dominant dominant 20 minutes in the second half Tillman he played all 20 in the second half right I, I didn't just make that up I don't know I I would I think maybe <laughs> maybe yeah it's, the box score says 25 minutes and he played the first five set the rest of the yeah. first half out and then then it's then he played the the whole second 20 um it was just unbelievable so how, how much time do we have left in this first segment I got no concept of time right now just so, go okay just go well let's just do this Game MVP, and it might not even be obvious because there are three mighty strong candidates right now. It's Cassius Winston, who obviously lit it up in the second half, walked in the locker room with, I believe, one point. But you know what? When he hit that half-court shot a fraction of a second before <laughs> halftime, that was the spark he needed. Usually with players like Cassius, when they don't get it going, they just need to see a free throw roll in or something like that. Uh-uh. Not Mr. Cassius Winston. He needs to see a half-court shot go in, and that lit him up for... 19 second half points. That's going to do it with you know, casual nine assists on the game. Casual. Casual. You know, also is casual too. Rocket Watts. Just Rocket Watts. The Daggerman. The Daggerman with a three-pointer to put us up five points late in the game. I mean, that's massive. Two, only two turnovers. Just played great. 21 points. Nine of 17 shooting. There was moments where 
and this has happened where it, it didn't really seem like initiative was being taken by some players. Rocket Watch stepped up and did it. Kids got moxie. Earlier in the season, he always had this moxie, but you figured, and I, I know I said it a thousand times, like it's getting him into trouble big time. But at the end of the day, it's going to work out eventually. I thought it'd be like, yeah, his sophomore, junior year, something like that. But, Will, I think you said it's going to happen later this year. Will, it happened later this year. It happened tonight. That's a major 21 points in the big performance. And the third candidate for MVP, Luca Garza shot the ball once inside the paint <laughs> in the final seven minutes of the game. The final seven minutes of the game, the Big Ten Player of the Year shot the ball once inside the paint. Why? Oh, it might be Xavier Tillman Sr. putting the work in on him in the paint, just giving him the beats in the paint. God, I don't, I don't even know who the MVP is. Yeah, Tillman only had six points, six rebounds. What? He shut down Iowa's best player, their only hope of a comeback down in the last seven minutes of the game. That is not an easy task. That is not an easy task, Will. So who's the MVP? Hell if I know. I, I, I don't know. I, I would have to oh. – give me, give me Winston, I guess. Right? The nine assists helped at 20 points. Yeah, I'm probably going with Winston because, you know, 20 points on nine shots is pretty good. I would call um, that effective, yeah. <laughs> nine assists, five rebounds, had a bunch of really good defensive possessions too, and mm. literally just by himself dragged this team from being down six or whatever it was to taking the lead. Um, he scored like 14 points and had three or four assists in like – seven minutes um he put the boots on and took the boys yeah. for a hike it was unbelievable he was um unbelievable for that stretch and i said this on twitter luke garza is going to win big 10 player of the year um yep. he, it's going to be deserved his numbers are ridiculous he's been absolutely yep. killing teams all season but there's mm-hmm. nobody in this conference not a single person who can grab a game and completely flip it on its head the way cassius winston can and that then, quickly um it's unbelievable just like i know we, we're doing a good job of appreciating it um and it's something i talked about before the season like let's make sure we enjoy the senior season um he's just special there's nothing else you can really say he's one of the best players in school history one of the best players dockage said it a bunch and i didn't think it was an overreaction he's one of the best big 10 players um in history just if you look at career length achievements and just all the things he's done, that's not even an arguable it's sentence not, either. It's yeah, not, he's just special and we are very lucky to have him. And I know it's been a grind for him. We all know that, um, of course. but the kid pretty much without failure rises to the occasion in the biggest moments. And, you know, it's not in his nature to just be like, get on my back. I'm doing this. Sometimes you got to do it. Izzo told him at halftime, like do it now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. he came out and did it. Um, and that he totally changed the game. And yeah, the, everyone, there was a bunch of really great performances, but uh, would say it would Cassius Winston did over that four or five minute stretch was special. And again, I don't think there's a single player in the conference outside of him who can do exactly that. And that, amount of time it was unbelievable Uh, yeah truly unbelievable especially considering he ducked into the locker room with a point a point uh Uh, point it came like 
three minutes into the game on a free throw. Uh, Let's pause here for a sec. We'll come right back. We'll continue uh, with more in this game. We can talk more about Rocket and uh, Tillman and and the other guys. Uh, So we'll do that here in just a second. Matt, um, you brought up Rocket Watts, and I want to ask you a question, kind of throw it out there to you. Sure. Let's exclude Cassius Winston. Okay. Is there anyone on this team, or I'll just ask you this way, who... Game on the line, taking a shot. Who on this team outside of Cassius Winston do you want taking that shot? It's uh, and check me on this once again. Person of the moment, everything, yada yada yada. It, I, Rocket, right? That's I was thinking that after he hit that huge shot to get him up, like that was a deep shot too. It to was put him up five or six. Uh, late Don't get me wrong, Tillman's fine. T- t- I would feel fine with the ball in Tillman's hand. Aaron Henry. Has a great mid-range game now. That's his second game in a row where he's really gotten that kick, a uh, clicking. Excuse me, um, but I, I, yeah, it would have to be Rocket, but it would also be dependent on the game as well because it's either he's got it or he doesn't have it. On games he doesn't have it, I would maybe defer to someone like yeah, Henry Bang Tillman down low in the post, or perhaps one of Gabe Brown if he's feeling okay. But I mean. It goes without saying if, if Rocket is rolling like he is today. I'm not saying he has to have 21 points every night, but if he's got, you know, 11, 12 points, feeling himself a little bit, I'll go with the guy with Moxie. Yeah. I don't even think it matters how he's playing for me. Okay. Fair enough. He All just right. like, he just seems like that type of player who lives for that moment. Yeah. Like, like next year and however long he's at Michigan State, he is going to take all the big shots and he, like, it's just some people are cut that way. Some people aren't personality, all sorts of different things. Like is Kenny Goins kind of had that too, although it was a different kind of thing. He was just like incredibly calm in big mm-hmm. spots and he had some big shots. I think I actually did a Twitter poll last year towards the end of the season. Like who on this team do you want taking the game winning shot? And this was like before the elite eight game. Um, and I think Kenny Goins, it was like Cassius 27%, Kenny Goins, 26 percent or so i had like four or five options wow. and it was like right. cassius but kenny was right behind him and i kind of agreed with that um and he had that big shot against wisconsin but then proved us all right with the shot uh against duke and there's just something about him taking a big shot where it you felt comfortable with it last season and i just feel comfortable with rocket watts taking big shots like that like it just feels like his percentage in those moments is like 97 percent from deep like he just he puts in daggers he makes huge shots and i know he misses a bunch too but mm-hmm. it's sort of like the kobe thing like the dude just wants to take the biggest shots um and that's a huge asset to have uh in a player uh especially if you're going to be playing in some close games down the stretch here matt i i would say so yeah I, and that shot was massive too to go up five points with what i uh, yeah 317 left and then also had the layup too with a buck twenty left to go up six. I mean that was more of a great assist by Henry. Mm-hmm. It was pretty much all a great assist by Henry in transition. Um, but man, which that was a harder pass than it looked like too. That that guy had a good angle on the ball. Aaron Henry put it right there. So that was whew, that was a saucy saucy finish <laughs> to the game. Loved it. It was uh, quite enjoyable. And Henry, he I I think the first half probably and and. Really, the whole team struggled. Having 27 points 
at half against Iowa is, uh, I put it, as I put it, an abomination. Yeah, that's a good word. Yep. N- nice to score 51 in the second half. Uh, that will help, yeah. A bit yeah. more appropriate. Yeah. But uh, Henry, first half to second half, was totally different. Um, hit some big jumpers. Tried to put somebody in a grave, which was... Mm-hmm. Amazing, and if he had finished Ad, that admirable dunk, effort, yes, yes, if he had <laughs> uh, finished a homage that, to Gabe Brown, yes, yes. Um, but it, even on the defensive end, like his hands are so active, and he's you can see he's getting smarter, jumping lanes, seeing things sort of play out in front of him, kind of like a safety reading coverage or whatever in football, where like Xavier Tillman's elite at that. Mm-hmm. Aaron Henry's starting to do some of that and come up with steals, um, and yeah, he was just rock solid down the stretch uh, and made some big free throws and finished the game with 17 points on 10 shots where it looked like he was headed towards an inefficient night and then just kind of flipped uh, the game on its head, six rebounds, four assists, a steal, only turned it over one time too. Like that's, you can't really. I was just going to bring that up. That That's the biggest stat for me today, from, from Henry at least, yeah. is just the, the one turnover. He was very efficient, very effective. And you just have one turnover. Mm-hmm. We'll take that. Yeah, and they absolutely Mich- take that. Michigan State only turned it over eleven times. They turned it over three times before the under four timeout or the under sixteen timeout. Excuse me to start the the, the game. First four oh, yeah. minutes of the game, they turned it over three times. All of them were unforced. Uh, the rest of the way, eight turnovers uh, in the last thirty five minutes uh, of the game. That'll play. More times than not, yes. <laughs> more, yes. more times than not, uh, that'll play. I'm just pulling up the uh, the Ken Palm thing is, is now up. Uh, Michigan State's defense is now 12th in the country. Um, they've been surging on that side of the floor. I, that, that I cannot I cannot state how insane those last seven minutes were from Tillman. Mm-hmm. Gar, Gar, I mean, Garza, I said it, I don't know, twice. It doesn't matter. Shot the ball once inside the paint in the last seven minutes. He, he was barely even getting the ball in the last seven minutes. Yeah. Like, he, I, he, he was barely even touching the rock, let, let alone shooting it. Like, he was plastered by Tillman down the stretch. I said, and I, I, I promise this isn't tooting my own horn here, um, but I think the exact numbers I said on the show – uh, in the preview, were let Luke, you know, Luca Garza is going to score twenty points, but make him take twenty one shots to do it. Yeah, I think I literally said twenty points and twenty one shots. Uh, it was and, something close to that. Yeah, it was twenty points on twenty one shots, Matt. Oh, oh look at <laughs> look at you, look at you go, Will. <laughs> I th- yeah, I th- think a blind a blind squirrel found a nut. Um, but yeah, so that's... you throw those numbers out, and I suggest that the team plays Braden Burke. Yes. Uh, okay, so that's the dynamic that we have here. Uh, okay, it's working out. It's that's why it fine. works. That's why it yeah. works. Yeah. Um, <laughs> gosh, Iowa got so many amazing performances from guys that are just not excellent. Oh, they had like three or four career days out there. Yeah, it yeah. was unbelievable. Um, Connor McCaffrey averages like seven points. He scores eleven. Kreiner averages seven points. He scored eighteen. You know what? Just absurd game from him. The the game also turned when he turned around and I forgot (laughs) whose face, but flexed into whoever's face was right behind him. You could pinpoint when the game turned and it was that (laughs) moment. I was getting mad because he was having a really good game and he's, you know, he's a fine player, but he's not someone who scores 18 points. That's just not his game. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, he scored like 12, 10. He scored 20 against Kennesaw State this year. That was his previous Hey, good for him. 
Good for him. Um, All right. But, you know, 14 against Rutgers was his best in the Big Ten. Um, and he's usually 4, 5, 9, 4, 6, 10, 6, 8, 7, 10, 11, 12. You get the point. Yeah. So him getting 18 is like, really? This guy? Really? Um, and I was just getting mad because dudes in college with bad hairlines are just owning Michigan State this year. Yeah. Yep, but then he turned around, flexed, and MSU went in a 9-4 to run, and it was just fantastic. It was fantastic. Um, let's pause here. Again, we'll go into our last segment. We'll continue on with this uh, game. We should probably talk a little bit more about Xavier Tillman because um, he's pretty good, Matt. I would say so. I would say so. Yes. Um, so we'll do that here in just a second. Matt, uh, you're not a parent. I'm not a parent. No. Um, I imagine, you know, we're both in our upper twenties. Um, when that time Mm -hmm. comes, I imagine even, you know, the age we are, the life experience we have, you know, a more, we'll call it like a normal age to have kids. Sure. It's going to be hard. It's, it's (laughs) just, it's going to be incredibly difficult to manage our work and, um, you know, friendships going out doing things socially, having the kid, maintaining some bit of a life um, yeah. while, you know, obviously having this incredibly important responsibility put into your life. Um, I can't even imagine being 22 mm-hmm. in college, yep. a Division One basketball player, mm-hmm. married with now two kids, one Two. one born in the middle of your season. Yep. And then three three kids if you count Luca Garza. But yeah, two, <laughs> now we'll, three we'll, kids. We'll call it two kids. Sunning Luca Garza mm-hmm. and just playing elite lights out, incredibly amazing defense against the Big Ten player of the year, exposing him, like absolutely exposing him as someone who if he's matched up against someone he can physically overpower, is more experienced than is bigger than he can get it done. But if you throw someone at him who is up to the challenge, you can make him look like he's never played basketball before. I can't even imagine how Xavier Tillman it was able to do that just from like an energy standpoint as a baseline, Matt. He's probably sleeping minutes a night. Uh, I mean... Yeah, I, oh boy, what, let's see, I played two hours of basketball last night. I, I think I slept like eight and a half hours the night before. I was very well rested, no kids, got a job with pretty flexible hours. Um, well, I was dead tired at the end of like 15 minutes, man. It was horrible. Like, I can't believe he's doing this, <laughs> like, with everything on his plate. That is unbelievable. And it's one thing to be a Division One athlete. It's another to be a very key player on a team with an insane amount of pressure and expectations. Mm-hmm. That's There's being a Division One athlete. And then there's being in Xavier Tillman's shoes on this Michigan State basketball team. Yeah. And he's doing a mighty fine job of it. And this is probably Ron. um, But I feel like this is the first game this year where he's gotten into early foul trouble. That that really hasn't seemed to be an issue for him this year. That's yeah. I, I ooh, Wake Forest is up eight uh, in double overtime. Hmm. Shame. Um, Shame. Yeah, it's just, you you hate to see it. They're going to, yeah. Seven now. Anyway, continue. As I was. Yeah. I don't even know what I was talking about it's other just, than it's, just how great Tillon was. Yeah, <laughs> it's just, it's impressive. And I, I don't know if I caught flack, but I've had like pushback on the idea that 
Tillman could push into uh, like the late lottery, and I don't think he's going to go there in the NBA. Um, just the offensive game hasn't quite come around in the way that mm-hmm. you thought it might, and whatever. There, there's different things that NBA evaluators look at, but like the do if if he gets out of the first round, like just flip on this tape, flip on his defensive cutups, yeah. and just like. That is why he is a legit pro and is going to play in the NBA for a long time. He is six foot so. eight, super athletic, very strong, and just a genius on the defensive side of the ball. And like, mm-hmm. yeah, he he struggled a little bit on offense. He's made, he's become gun shy uh, from deep because every time he shoots, he gets yelled at. <laughs> um, yeah. And he hasn't. The three just hasn't come around like I thought it would this year um but he still finds a way to impact offensive glass and and usually scores into double figures didn't in this one but he had six points and six rebounds and dominated the game yeah that's right. hard to do <laughs> it's very difficult yes and actually i was looking at mock drafts today as well and obviously mock drafts aren't the end all be all especially in february um but yeah one didn't even have tillman at all in, in the two round and one had him going midway in the second round. Yeah. Too. I've seen, I've seen some first round stuff as we've moved through the season, probably like mid second round, early second round is what I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I don't know how that guy slips out of the first, like, it's just insane to me. I, I'm not a talent evaluator, I guess, but like, yeah, we could take this sure thing who we know is going to contribute and be an awesome defender, um, and the pedigree and the school he comes from he has a pretty good track record of players, kind of like that. But yeah, whatever. We'll just take some sure. six, seven rangey wing who can't shoot and has <laughs> high upside because he can jump high. Like it's just it's crazy. But that that game right there it just shows you like the box score does not measure Xavier Tillman's full impact. He is absolutely incredible at basketball, um, and yeah, it sucks when he misses layups and has games where he no-shows on the offensive end, and it's just like, it's just as frustrating for him as it is for us watching him, but don't ever forget how impactful that guy is at playing basketball. It's it's absurd. Mm-hmm. You know, like, speaking of not really a flashy stack game, but you know who had, like, moments this game? Thomas Kithier had, like... Oh, don't. S- some some moments. He, he, he had... He, he had some bad moments. He had some bad moments. But, man, he, you he know, also had some good moments, too, especially that rebound yes. very late in the game. Yep. He just about iced that one up. So he misses, totally botches the pass down low. That would have been a, put it, a lay-in. Yeah, um, it looked a little tough. I don't know. I Jury's okay. out on that one, I think. Okay. He missed a layup earlier, had some bad plays, but he had that, that missed pass that goes out of bounds, turnover, and you're like, oh, my God, Kithier, what the hell? And then immediately bounces back, huge defensive possession on the next play, sets up the fast break or whatever it was, um, yep. and like puts away the game. And it was just like, you totally redeemed yourself. Yep, 100%. It was, um, yeah, he made some plays there. Arns was, good God, was he all over the place uh, in this one. But, you know, bringing that energy. And credit to you for calling the Marcus Bingham uh, more minutes Yeah, you like Bingham. that? Yeah. yeah. It, it worked for a little bit. It did when he had uh, a little bit <laughs> pr- proper help. Malik Hall, Julius Marble, like Kithier, Garza's. They're the type of bigs that Garza will eat up. Like whether it's a, he's got an experience advantage, a size advantage, an ability advantage, whatever it is, he he can cook against those guys, and he did. And then as soon as Xavier Tillman came back in, uh, we already talked about what happened. But yeah, a mm. um, lot of a uh, lot of 
toughness, I would say, from everyone. Just like even the guys who didn't really play well, um, like Arns was fighting, Hall was fighting, Marble was fighting, Kithier yeah. was trying his damnedest. Um, and, and sometimes got results. <laughs> four fouls in 11 minutes. We'll take that. <laughs> I love that. I absolutely love that. <laughs> um, but it was just like a really good, well-rounded team win. And your star player took you home. And then, you know, Tillman was awesome defensively. And Henry and, and Watts brought it on the offensive end with uh, good all-around play from Henry. And then Watts with big uh, shots and big moments. Um yeah, just a really good win, like you said earlier, one of their best wins uh, of the season, sure. Yeah, and also Malik Hall, too. 21 minutes, I know he only had four points, but when those four points came there in the first half, they were at times where Iowa could have really stretched his lead out. But He, dude, he has some flashes where you're like, damn, he's really good. <laughs> I know, seriously. And six rebounds, too, no turnovers. And I don't remember too many points getting dropped on his head too like he had a pretty good defensive effort i think a lot of that was even just off-ball defense if not mistaken so uh, malik Malik had a solid game out there he was getting into it with uh pencil that was fun yeah sure was was, good times uh, enjoyable all right let's um we got like two minutes here i want to just really quickly a piece of news that we might have missed uh from football and you know we're not going to dive too deep into it but uh, this is from Bruce Fe- Bruce Feldman of The Athletic. A um, little bit of an update to the Michigan State sort of upper hierarchy of the administration for football, the support staff. Okay, I have, so, I have no idea what you're going to bring up, so this is a live reaction from me right now. It's not like anything crazy. Um, oh, okay. But Akron's director of player personnel, Scott Aligo, who is a former NFL scout with the Chiefs and the Browns, will become Michigan State's new Director of Player Personnel. Jeff Martson, who we thought was getting hired as Director of Player Personnel, uh, is the Chief of Staff uh, for Michigan State Football, which uh, uh, I just, I don't, I uh, will say this real quick. Field Yates, um, who knows a ton about football and has been in the NFL um, as like a scout and things like that. And now obviously works for ESPN covering football said Scott Aligo is an excellent recruiter, impactful ad for Mel Tucker at Michigan state. So good, okay. uh, good there. Good. Eh, that's good. I'm glad field Yates likes it. Um, I like any time the word recruits thrown <laughs> out. So yep. it, it seems to have a common thread with all these hires. Someone says they're an excellent recruiter. Um, Perfect. I just like the idea of what is sort of, and I don't like, did they have a chief of staff? <laughs> is oh, that a new thing? There was I, no disrespect to the person. If there was, I, I don't remember there being one. No, it, it just seems like, um, I don't, not that those are throwaway positions cause they're certainly important, but like director of player personnel, director of player engagement, uh, chief of staff, et cetera, et cetera. I, I don't, no, if we just didn't know these people or that they weren't good at their job or whatever, but it just seems like they're being more professional about building out the support staff, not just the on-field coaches, which are obviously probably the most impactful and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but like they're really filling out the support staff with like awesome hires, it seems like, and just like really doing this kind of like a professional way, if that makes sense. Totally. Yeah, that doesn't hurt to build things like, uh, oh, you ready for this one? Like a Herm Edwards way, you know, like the the, the corporation, hey, yeah. if you will. Hey. I, 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 as many as 
billions of people made fun of it. Uh, billions <laughs> with a B uh, made fun of it when it happened. But look at it now; it's actually working out pretty okay for them. So they are. Yeah, it's uh, not a bad route yeah. to go. It's uh, it's more. It's like a professional model. Like you can't have a GM, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, but building like a football operations staff that is robust and full of experienced people, like former NFL scouts, um, yeah. seems like a pretty good idea. Why not give it a shot? I guess you know. I don't yeah. know. I don't and know. Uh, Mel Tucker still taking just pornographic hacks up there, like just mm-hmm. five hundred foot dingers. He's going for more yep. offers. Um, <laughs> we can't cover all the offers because there are so many of them. Um, but it is definitely a new day in Michigan State football, just the way they are operating. It is um, a pretty stark contrast um, in terms of the effort of acquiring talent is, is at a whole new level. The the offseason is exciting again and not exciting in the way it was last year where you're just praying to God that the shuffling is going to work. Like This is actually <laughs> actually exciting in yeah. the offseason. We went from shuffling the deck chairs – on the Titanic to hiring former a, NFL a scouts. Chief of to, staff. <laughs> a chief of staff. It's it's weird. Um, all right, that's going to do it for today's show. Thanks so much for listening. Reminder to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. You can find Locked on Spartans wherever you get podcasts. We'll be back tomorrow, of course. Um, we're going to save the basketball preview stuff for uh, Friday's show. We'll see if there's any sort of MSU football news or MSU basketball news to uh, make its way into the headlines here over the next day. And then I, I want to kind of, as the staff is pretty much assembled, um, give our thoughts on the entirety of Mel Tucker's staff because um, it's interesting. There were some people probably concerned of too many Colorado people or you know too many Michigan State people coming back. Not enough new hires, but um, a lot of context needs to go into what went into building the staff, and I think we should definitely talk about it tomorrow. What do you think, Matt? Uh, you're good at context, so yeah. Let's, you're good at let's context. I try. Um, so yeah, that's what we're going to do. Rate, review, subscribe. Rate, review, subscribe. We will see you tomorrow. Matt, take us home. I, I don't even know what to say. That was just a great win. Let's enjoy that one. All right, go green, baby. Woo!